continue with the message you started uh, on the saints of the Lord Jesus in uh, John, I mean, uh, John, Matt. <laughs> it's not too early, right? <laughs> yeah. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus tells us this. If you follow through with these saints of his, he said. He called them his saints. There are saints from Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. And he concluded, if you live your lives, your life by the saints of Christ, he says he will consider you a wise man that built his house on the rock. In other words, you built your house on Jesus. You cannot fail. You will always have difficulties. Problems will come at us. Every one of us will have problems come at us. But if we build our life on His saints, sometimes we like to look for some simple things to do. Just follow what the Word says. Just follow through with what Jesus said. From Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, study it, find out what He says, and try to live by that. All He's asking from you is be willing. If you are willing, he will supply the strength to follow through. Because he wants to bless you. And if you follow through, there is no way on this earth you will fail. It may appear and seems like you are failing now. But when it's through with you, because the, word, the same word that you are following, through, uh, following is the same word that created the whole world. You can never fail. He will hold your life together. I trust in his word. So important. But he says, if you hear that you have the opportunity to hear, you are blessed just to hear it. He says, blessed are your ears because they hear. There were many prophets that wanted to hear these things that you hear, Jesus said. But they didn't have any opportunity to hear it. These are great words from our God. If you live your life by his words, you will be established. Troubles will come. I go through them constantly. But I know the God that I serve. He cannot lie. But he says he will consider you a foolish person if you hear these sayings of his and you just set them aside. Oh, you're foolish. And when God, when God calls you a fool, you are a real fool. So he says, if you follow his sayings, you're wise. If you don't do his sayings, then you're foolish. You built your house on the sand. You're going down. Brother, you, sister, you're going down. Because the troubles will keep coming at you. And you have no root. You can't stand. You're going down. Last week, I uh, concluded a uh, message on, on uh, loving your enemies. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter, chapter 5, verse 43. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. In other words, don't do something good towards them, even though they've wronged you. Pray for them. But there are many today in the body of Christ, possibly in this country, I've seen it overseas a lot, uh, that believe in the cursing of their enemies. 
asking God to return the fiery darts that they are sending their way. They believe that they are working with the enemy to send things at them, to hinder them, to hinder their progress. And the, the reason why they are suffering, the reason why they are not progressing in life is because the enemy and Satan, and they are doing something against their lives. And so they return the arrows. And they're sometimes in very terrible situations, you hear them saying over and over again, fall down and die, fall down and die, fall down and die. They're praying against your enemies. And when I interviewed them and I said, what are you doing? Saying fall down and die. They said, well, we're not speaking against them as a person. We're just speaking against their spirit and whatever spirit is behind them that's walking behind them. That's what we are addressing. Not them. But I said, well, when you are saying fall down and die, do you have them in your head? They will lie about that. <laughs> they have the person in their heart that they are saying fall down and die. But many times I wonder, how do unbelievers read these things that we, the Christians are doing? How do they read it? They know, I mean, they don't know all the scriptures. But they know that it's wrong to kill. And they don't understand what you're doing, whether you're doing it spiritually or you're doing it in the natural. They don't understand. All they hear from you is fall down and die. A little Christian murderers. And they're wondering, is this what Christianity is about? You actually call your enemies and, and, and tell them to fall down and die. They don't understand what you're doing. That's why the Bible says that, that the name of God is be, being blasphemed because of people's be, attitudes and behaviors. Jesus didn't tell us to curse our enemies. He says, pray for your enemies. Pray for, not against. When you pray against your enemies, you are not fulfilling what Jesus asked us to do. Pray for, not against. And the reason why they, they do this is they believe, it's either they are deceived or they don't believe the Bible at all. They don't believe what God says. They believe what Satan and his, his people are doing against their lives more than they believe Jesus and his ability to protect them. Jesus made it very clear to us. I will not leave you alone. I will always be with you. Even up to the end of the age. Jesus promised us that. If Jesus is around you and is with you, who is that stupid devil that is going to bypass Jesus to hurt you? Why are you so fearful? Many of the times, many times, they are praying that way and they are praying out of fear because of what they think the enemy is planning to do to them, whether physical, physically or in the spirit realm. Why should you be concerned? I like what T.L. Osborne had to say. A great man of God. He's been, in, been at it. I don't know. Possibly he's getting close to, to 90 years old. Maybe he's over there. I don't know. But he, says, he said, whenever I go overseas... To preach the gospel. He said, I noticed that the preachers, you know, in some of these countries where they practice witchcraft and they know the, they know the power of uh, uh, witch doctors and, and witchcraft, they, they know it very well. And so these are pastors now, but they're familiar. Before they gossip, they know. And so they will come, come around to your husband and say, let's pray for you so that God will protect you against these witch doctors and all of these people coming against you. And then they start praying, God protect. He says, every time I'll stop them. 
And he tells them, don't you dare glorify Satan in my presence. Who is the devil? To, for, for, I don't need any protection. He needs protection from me. I'm here to destroy his kingdom. He is the one that needs protection. Don't you pray this unbelieving prayer to asking God to protect me. Protect me from what? Satan has been defeated. He has no teeth. He can do absolutely nothing. When you give him focus, you, give him, you know how you give attention to certain children? You really make them, set them off because you're paying attention to them. That's what we do when we pay attention to the devil. And then he begins to act up. We should pay him no attention. If you believe in your God, you should pay him no attention. These people pray and do those things because they are so afraid. When you operate out of fear, you open the door for Satan. The Bible is clear. Whatever is not of faith is sin. So if you're praying, even if you are praying to God, and you are not praying in faith, in fear, because of Satan, and because of your enemies, and because of what you think your enemies can do to you, a child of God, born of the Spirit, you are living in fear, you are in sin. No wonder it's working. What you think your enemy is doing to you. No wonder it's working. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, he says, We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So if you are afraid and you are praying out of fear, you are in bondage. But we have received the spirit of adoption. We are now children. That means we have no fear. Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He is our Father. I don't have to be afraid of no witch doctor. Or some enemy, if he's a witch. Or he's going to poison me, put something in the drink for me to drink. Hey, I'm not afraid of all of that. I got Jesus now, who neutralizes all the powers of the enemy. Don't have to be afraid of him. Now listen to these words. In Psalm 91, verse 5 and 6, God says, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. You shall not be afraid. That's what he's saying, your portion. Okay? You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. He says it, you shouldn't be afraid. All of this stuff, they're sending arrows, they're trying to hurt me. God said you shouldn't be afraid. Why don't you believe his word? And stand on his word. Why are you believing the devil more than you believe God? Why are you believing what Satan is doing more than what God has promised you in his word? You unbelieving believer. Nor of the pestilence that walks in, the, in darkness. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Notice when bad things happen, 9-11. It didn't happen at night, right? It's noonday. Daytime. It destructions in noonday. But at night, if, if you have a fever, have you noticed it seems to get worse at night? Pestilence at night? You seem to be able to breathe well during the day, but now it's time to sleep. And everything closes up. 
But God says, when you are my child, you don't have any reason to be afraid. He take care of you. Yes, there's pestilence walking out, walking out there. But that's not for your portion. That's not for you. When we talk about those things in fear, that's what people say. Well, you know, brother, it's the flu season. So get ready for flu season. They're already talking out of fear. I don't, I don't have any flu season. Amen. I have Jesus season. I don't have no flu season. They come and go for them. I am not of this world. You are not of this world. Why do you claim all of these things out of fear? Why are you afraid of what the enemy is doing? Why are you afraid of the economy and what the economy is doing? And what it's going to do to you? You are operating out of fear. Instead of people taking responsibility for their own actions, they blame others and think it's their enemies that's hurting them. No one can hurt you more than you can hurt yourself. Most of the things that's happened to you is because of your decision and the way you believe and the actions you've taken. Not what they're doing and no enemies. A Christian should have no enemies. You can't have any enemies when Jesus is your friend. <laughs> Who is going to come near you? Amen. Jesus is your friend. In verse 9 of that same chapter, it says, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. We don't believe these things. See? Instead of spending time cursing your enemies and sending arrows back and forth why don't you spend the time telling the lord you are my dwelling place amen i will say of the lord you are my refuge why don't you say it instead of cursing your enemy say of the lord tell the lord you are my refuge and you are my dwelling place. And God says in his word, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. He can't come near you, period. That's God that spoke his word into being. Spoke the whole universe into being. He gave you that promise. And who is that witch or that enemy? That can influence my life when I'm, when I'm hid in Christ. When my angel slap, gave you a good slap, you know what that means. I have no reason to be afraid of what the enemy is doing. No reason. God is with you. And the Bible is clear. If God be for me, who can be against me? No devil, no enemy. All I have to concern myself with is, is God on my side. He's God on my side. If God is on my side, they can cry, they can pray, they can spend all of the night planning. They're, they're just wishing themselves evil. They'll kill themselves. I have nothing to do. I'll just bless them. That's all. There's no need to be afraid of them. It's, this, you know, it's the deceit of the enemy that's causing Christians to do this type of silly things that they call spiritual stuff praying and screaming out of fear, of fear and spending hours just cursing. Hey, what are you doing? We have more things to pray about, good things to pray about, than to be cursing people for whom Jesus died. 
What if somebody had cursed you before you got saved? That's silly. You know, it's so funny. I know probably we don't have it here, but I've seen it. It's funny. These are born-again Christians. They speak in tongues. And I'm amazed at them. Some of them, if you give them something that's prepared by somebody they don't know to eat, guess what? They say, I'm not eating that stuff. They're thinking about the enemy. He's going to poison them. I've seen it. They won't eat. They are suspicious of everything. And they live in fear. And it's a born-again Christian. Think about it. And and they they have plans to travel. They say, we don't want to tell anybody so that we won't give ammunition to the enemy to plan and destroy us. Give me a break. And what they do is, if they ask them, are you planning to travel? He says, no, no, they lie. And they say, well, God, you understand. Uh, I, I, I didn't want to give them ammunition. You are lying and thinking God's going to protect you. These things are happening. They are so fearful of the enemy. They won't take responsibility for their own actions. It's easier to blame the enemy for what's happening in my life. Instead of taking correction and following through with the word of God. And God will bring you deliverance. I don't have to curse the enemy. I don't have to be afraid of the enemy. In Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1, uh, he says in the word, But now thus says the Lord who created you. God is the one who created you. Now, God created Adam and we all came out of Adam. But when you are born again, you are created by God. Amen? It's a bet. It's a one-to-one thing. It's not like when you were born of the flesh. You know, it goes down the line. <laughs> when you are born again, he gives birth directly to you. You see, in the born again system, we don't have grandchildren. <laughs> God has no grandchildren. They're all sons and daughters, okay? But in your experience, he gave birth to you. He recreated you. That's what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You are a new kind of being on the earth. In other words, you are such a kind of being that the devil doesn't know what to do with. He doesn't know how to handle you until he hears you speaking all these crazy fears. And he says, oh, we found out how we can deal with this new one. Uh-huh. Hear what he says? <laughs> you gave him ammunition yourself, not your enemies. He says, the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you. And you can read more in Isaiah. He says, I formed you for my praise. I created you for my praise. To worship me. That's why. Not the fleshly creation. That one cannot. That's why Jesus said, the Father is seeking those to worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. Made you. When you got born again, that's that new creation. You are so special. Because he created you. He, he, he gave, gave you birth through his son. And through the birth pains that his son went through on the cross so that you can be born now after you have been born born into his house a prince why are you acting like a pauper you're so afraid of what the world is going to bring to you you're going to fail you got jesus in you and you're going to fail all you're doing is looking at what you can see in the natural and you refuse to believe what god says amen it says fear not 
For I have redeemed you. Can you say amen to that? Don't fear. I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are called by his name. Every time you appear, Satan sees Jesus on you. Because you are called by his name. Amen. You are called by his name. When I go back to my country and I mention my name, they, yeah, you understand what I'm saying? They, I'm called by my father's name. Those who know my father record, oh, you are part of this family, right? <laughs> they know it. You are called by your father's name. When you appear, Satan recognizes who this is. Your words will give you away with your fear. Job said, the things that I feared the most come upon me. All of those praying and cursing, he's not gonna, it's not what's going to establish you. Cursing your enemy is not, uh, not going to establish you. Many times I want to ask those that have been in this ministry of cursing their enemies. How are you doing today since you started this ministry of cursing? You doing okay now? Or you have more troubles than you had before? Think about it. What establishes a man is what the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 14. He says, in righteousness you shall be established. Can you say that with me? In righteousness you shall be established. You cannot be moved when God establishes you. And you have his righteousness. When you receive Christ, you have, he gave you his righteousness. And that righteousness will establish you. Believe in the righteousness that's in you. Let that righteousness establish you. In righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. What will you be far from? <laughs> that means you cannot be oppressed. When he establishes you in righteousness, you cannot be oppressed. No devil, no wish, no enemy, no job situation, nothing can oppress you. Why is it that you can't be oppressed? He says, for you shall not fear. When you fear, then you are oppressed. When you are afraid of what's coming to you, then you will be oppressed. For a child of God, he has a plan for your life. You have a job, for example, and then they tell they're going to fire you. And you I know it's not normal, natural. You know, we all, oh, what am I going to do now? Every one of us do that. But you need to do just like David. Go into your room and encourage yourself in the Lord. And say, if they fire me, he has something better for me. They can't fire me. Unless God has something better for me. When I was in A&M, uh, working on my PhD, shared this here before, uh, but for the benefit of those that haven't heard it, right? <laughs> but they gave me the job. And uh, from time to time, the head of department would come through, send a memo to everyone who, you know, a teaching job. I was working on my PhD and saying uh, we, we're getting short of money. And uh, some of us, uh, especially those that have been on this job for a while, uh, you're not going to have a, a job uh, because of what's happening to our department. 
and you can see my fellow um, assistants, you know, teaching assistants at A&M. They all have this long face, you know, walking around because they read the memo. And I'm in my office just doing my stuff with them. We have a common office and uh, just joking as usual. They say, good luck. Did you see the memo? I say, yeah. And they're wondering, why are you not disturbed? And they ask me, why are you not worried about it? I said, well, <laughs> he's talking about firing people, but he can't fire me. He's not the one who employed me. Jesus gave me the job, and he cannot fire me. He just doesn't have the ability to. I'm not depending on the resources of the department. I prayed to God to give me this job. And he gave the job to me, and he can't fire me. If he does, God has something better for me. I graduated and was already ready to work in Houston. He was still paying the salary. Yes, he was still paying me after I left school. You go figure that out. God will not disappoint you. In righteousness, you will be established. Now, the Bible tells us here in verse 15, Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but... Not because of me, not by me. I didn't come, call them to come together and fight you. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. They are undoing themselves. I don't have to worry about them. I just pray for them. I pray for them. Christians ought not to be afraid of all of these things, especially your enemies. What Jesus asked us to do is to pray for them. Do good to them. And if you do that, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. There is no way you will not be blessed. I was taught early not to be afraid of what they do to me. You give me something to eat, I'll eat it. Put your poison in there, I'll still eat it. You can't kill me. I've said it here before in this church. And I'm not bragging. I'm, I, I'm, I'm bragging on what the God that I know. Okay? It's not me. I can protect myself. But he promised to send angels to protect me, right? The, the angels, the ministers, they're already here with me. At my home, you have them all around. And I have nothing to fear. Not of wild animals or nothing. I'm not afraid of any kind of accident. I've said it here before. If I'm in a plane, that plane cannot crash. It's impossible for the plane to crash. I'm not through with the assignment God gave to me to do here. I'm not going home yet. That plane cannot crash. If the plane wants to crash, he has to land first, let me get out of it, then he can go crash wherever he wants to crash. That's his business. But I'm not going to be in a plane that crashes. It's not going to happen. God has promised me long life. Why don't you believe the scriptures? Why don't you believe the scriptures? I'm not going to be dying by some kind of stupid cancer. Jesus took care of it. So I established that daily. Instead of cursing the enemy... I'm establishing the fact that no enemy has power over my life. Amen. Amen. You know, I was well taught when I was, when I was growing up. All of this stuff that people are afraid of witches and enemies and all of that stuff. Thank God I was taught not to be afraid of all of that. When I was newly saved, there was a, a witch doctor that came into town. Boy, he looked strange. He dressed strange. When he moved, everybody, whoops, they ran away from him. He got into town and started digging wells. And boy, he was, everyone was talking about him. He'll dig this well, and he tells them, dig about five feet down the, uh, into the earth, 
and then they will find a clay pot a clay pot and nobody understands and it's almost brand new clay pot and then he's servicing doing service for the one that employed him called the witch doctor he's doing service for the one that employed him uh, uh, to do service and he says this part your enemies planted this part here and that's where all of your money goes or whatever he was telling them and everybody was clapping for this guy how great he was all over town people were telling me boy there is a, a strange witch doctor that's coming to town but i was taught never to be afraid of them in fact in church we were told don't go mess around them and start pleading the blood of jesus because you know they are exposed if you plead the blood of jesus they are working with the devil and if the devil leaves them uh, they could something harmful could come upon them so we stayed away you know obeying that but as a young christian i went through a lot of uh, difficulties but i wasn't afraid of enemies or anyone i had a lot of enemies but because i was totally misunderstood for my faith christianity was new to us at that time in my country so there was a rumor in town that this young man has lost his mind he's he's insane i mean he was all over the place i knew about it that everyone was saying that i was insane and i couldn't help i couldn't stop it i mean he just he was like wildfire everyone was talking about it in fact after i got married i'm going to get to i'm going to read my wife this time <laughs> after i got married they believed i was insane and i stayed that way walking in town until i came to the united states and then uh, later i got married after i got married uh, they had a, a a memorial service for my father who's gone uh who's dead now um and uh, we, they had all kinds of dignitaries in church. The church was packed. And uh, so that uh, only uh, the children of my father and, uh, and these dignitaries can be inside the sanctuary. It was a big church. Some of us have been in that church. And uh, Pastor West, you've been in that church. The church was filled. So Angela, my wife, and my uh, sister-in-law, the rest of them were outside. And then some ladies started talking about uh, a lady walked up and said, hey, one of those boys, they call us by my father's name, he got married. And this lady said, which of them? And he says, the one that came from America, she said, I didn't know anyone about, any one of them uh, living in America, which of them? And then they said, you, don't you know him? And she, the other one was trying to explain, and Angela was standing by listening. Because they didn't know that... It, they were talking about Angela. Angela was married to me. She was interested and wanted to know what they had to say. And so the lady said, yeah, one of them. She said, but I know all of the boys. Which one are you talking about? He said, don't you remember him? That one that used to go to church a lot and those days. That lady said, oh, you mean he got married? That one that used to be insane. He finally got married. God helped him. And Angela was listening. Oh my God. So after the, after the service, I walked out. You know, we were newly married to meet my new bride. And I walked up to Angela. Hey, she, hi baby. She says, I've got to talk to you. I've got to talk to you. I said, can we talk? No, we have to talk. This is very serious. And we got home. And Angela locked me in the room. And said, I, I'm not going to fight you. I just need to know the truth. I need the truth. Were you ever insane one time in your life? 
And I said, oh, where did you hear this from? Oh, that's, that's, that's this one thing they used to say about Angela. Said, so you mean it's true? You used to. <laughs> so I said, no, 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 I was never insane. They just said I was insane. And so I had to get my sister and I had to get my mother and all of them to plead with Angela just to convince Angela that I was never insane. But that was a rumor that was going on in town about me being insane. And it was, so, it, was, it, was, it was so bad that people started talking to my mother. He said, you are a mother. You have to do something about this, your boy. Everyone is saying he's crazy. He's reading the, two, the Bible too much. And the Bible is turning his mind around. He's insane. Help him. He needs help. So my mother took me to, I, and I agreed to go to a witch doctor. And, you know, I agreed to go because I thought my mother had heard the same things that I heard about this powerful witch doctor that came into town and was, you know, digging wells all over town. And I was prepared. Oh, God. I said, God, please make sure I'm not in pride because I'm going to show this witch doctor. And then my plan was to go to this witch doctor's house. That's why I agreed to go with my mom. My plan was to go to the witch doctor's house and pretend as if his medicine and his voodoo stuff was working on me. I'll go to sleep pretending like this stuff is really working. And when he goes to sleep, I'll wake up and break the neck of his uh, idol. Break their hands. And then go back and sleep and pretend like he's still working. And then when he wakes up in the morning, he finds out while he's dealing with his God and saying, who broke my God hand? I say, well, tell your God to fight for himself. Uh, <laughs> that was my plan. But we drove deep into this village, deep in uh, what they call Isoko land in Nigeria. And uh, no light, no electricity. When we got there, I was delighted. I was waiting to see this voodoo doctor I'd been hearing about. And then when he showed up, he wasn't the one I was looking for. And I was very disappointed. I said to myself, my troubles will never end because the, the previous day, they kidnapped me from my home, dragged me all over the streets, and got me by force, and now... I had agreed to this so that they would realize that God was with me and I didn't have, that I wasn't insane. My mother was trying to help me. And uh, I was very disappointed and a little bit, I was angry. So I sat down and, and was ready to just finish your business and let me go back home. I'm not going to stay in this place without electricity. So I looked at the voodoo doctor and I sat and I said, sir, I am not insane. I'm a school teacher. I said, besides, I believe you have more problems than, than I have. You, you, with doctor. I said, but the only thing that's happened to me is I've received Christ as my Lord and Savior. I said, so before you uh, walk up your potions and all of that stuff, and I will comply, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll drink yours your concussions, and whatever they paid you to do. I'll do all of that for you. But before you go there, let me give you the message of salvation first. He was looking at me like that. So I gave him the message, you know, uh, the four 
points in the, the Roman road, right? I gave him the Roman road, but I couldn't ask him to receive Christ. I knew he wouldn't. So I got through my message, and then uh, I said, Sir, I'm through now. It's your turn to perform. Whatever you want to do, I am willing. They've paid you. They've, I guess my mom has heard you are one of the great witch doctors. Now finish your job. He was looking at me. He couldn't do anything. I said, look, I got to go back. Finish your job. You got to throw all your power at me. I'm ready for it. He was looking at me like that. So I said, well, I, am, I think I am like Philip. Remember Philip? Where the Holy Ghost transformed him from, uh, took him from Samaria and put him in the desert. I figured that God had put me in this village without electricity so I can win the people to the Lord. Amen. So I told the guy, I said, when you're ready, let me know. I want to go out here and share with these people about God. He was looking at me. <laughs> in my mind, you dumb fellow. I just, I took off and went out and started knocking on doors and witnessing. The next thing I knew, uh, a few of these, maybe about four men, just, just came at me and rushed me down and carried me back. All along, I, had, I was sharing insane people that were chained in different rooms. It was like a hospital with different rooms. I had heard insane people screaming and yelling stuff, so I knew I was in the place where they treat insane people. And so I was one of them in that time, at that time, and they rushed me back into that room, and they chained me, had the chains over my hand, had my hands this way, and they rolled the chain around my hands. True story. I have people in Nigeria. You can talk to them. They'll tell you. But and then they padlocked it. And then the next thing they did, they just so that I wouldn't move and I couldn't run, they took the chains and, you know, wound it around one of my legs and chained me to the wall. And uh, this time was really rough for me. I, I thought when you become a Christian, everything went well with God. You know, now what is this? I was just, I was crying. It was like a hospital room. My mom was, they had a bed for my mom. So that's the family of the insane, just to take care of the insane while you're on the floor. And they treat you that way until you get well, so to speak. But I knew I wasn't insane. So I started praying. And I didn't know what to do, but just to pray in tongues and crying out to God. It got, this was all day affair. By night, maybe around 9 o'clock, I was trying to sleep because I was exhausted. I really needed to sleep. I wasn't afraid of any devil, what the people would do, and anything they could put on me. Everything was happening in the natural realm and was very uncomfortable. So I was crying out to God, God, you help me. I tried to sleep. They had these big chains all around my hand. I go this way with just trying to use my hand as my pillow, but the chain will eat into my head, and it gets very uncomfortable. I can't turn the other way because I'll do the same thing to the other side of my head. And so I just, all I could do was lay back there with my hands up like this, you know, praying to God. And then it was getting later and later, and I was saying, God, you have to help me. I can't sleep. I'm tired. I was crying. I, and all of a sudden, a voice spoke in my head. Why don't you take the chains from your hand? It's loose. And I started playing with the chains. I found out the chain was really loose. And I wondered, why didn't they chain me that tight? They didn't know what they were doing or what. And I played with it and I pulled my hands off it. And I dropped the chains on the ground. 
And uh, when he dropped on the ground, he made a, a, uh, some noise. My mom was already sleeping. She was also was exhaust, exhausted. And she opened her eyes. And I thought, oh my God. It's all over. She's going to call this witch doctor. And they're going to put me in chains. And I won't have a, a, any kind of sleep tonight. And she looked at me. And she looked. And, and just went to sleep. Oh. I said, thank you, Jesus. At least I can use my hands for my pillow. And I slept. About, say, about 5 o'clock in the morning, two young men just rushed into the room with a huge bell in their hand and with a, a lamp. And they would start ringing that bell in this tiny room where they put the insane. My, my foot was, my leg was still chained to the, to the wall. And they were ringing the bell and then they were saying something. I don't know what they were saying. I didn't understand the language. They just stopped. They were doing this. This huge bell and just such great noise in that little room. My ears were going nuts. And I said, hey guys, why don't you quit ringing this bell? Does this thing not work except you ring this bell? Stop ringing the bell. They acted like I was in there. They just continued. And the same voice spoke in my heart. Your hands are free. Take the bell from them and force them to do this stuff without the bell. So I said, that's true. As soon as I stretched my hand up, as soon as I stretched my hand up to take the bell, I'm sure they were sure they chained me the night before. They didn't understand how I could have a free hand. But those two guys took off so fast. They got to the door about the same time. And there was a narrow door. They had to squeeze themselves out. And they took off into the night. I didn't see them till the next morning. They were gone. My mom was sitting there watching. She started giggling and laughing. I didn't know why she was laughing, but it wasn't funny. I, I, you know, I ran. The funny thing about it was this. You know, when they took off like that, for some reason I can't explain, I ran after them. They, they really thought the crazy man was coming after us. Boy, they took off. They took off big time. It was all, only after I was outside the room, I realized I had not a piece of chain on my body. Not one piece. All of it was gone. So I stood towards the right of that building, the, the entrance, and told myself, nobody's going to put me in chain. God... Please forgive me if I murder somebody if they try to put me in chains. But I'm going to really fight. Nobody's going to put me back in there. But it didn't take too long. About maybe 8 o'clock in the morning, the voodoo doctor came by. And uh, there were all kinds of movement. If anything moved, I saw it. I was ready to fight. Nobody's going to put me back in this, those chains. He went back into the room and inspected his chain came out shaking his head, walked back to his living room, and then they called my mother, and she came out, she was still giggling, you know, she had her hands over her mouth, so they won't see her laughing, and I was looking at that, looking, why is she laughing, this thing's not funny, they thought I'm crazy, mama is losing her mind, I mean, look, she's, something's wrong with mama, so she went in, and I was watching, I thought, okay, they are planning, they have a new strategy, so I was bracing myself for whatever they were going to do. I was in a strange place, didn't know where to go. 
And then all of a sudden, my mother came in, took her handbag and everything, and called and says, son, let's go home. I said, you mean they're through with me? He said, yeah. She said, yes. She, he said, to take, you, take your son out of this place. We don't want him here. So, so we got in a vehicle, and my mom says, she says, we're giggling. She said, please, tell God to forgive me. I mean, everybody in town was saying, you're crazy. I mean, I was trying to help you as your mom. I didn't mean to hurt you. And I said, Mama, uh, God has forgiven you. It's okay. You know, I was happy to be going away from this village. I said, it's okay, Mama. It's, uh, God has forgiven you. I forgive you. It's okay. And then I said, Mama, wh why are you laughing so much? What's the matter? She said, the way those two guys took off that night. <laughs> the way they took off. Amen. The reason I'm saying, sharing this with you is for you to know there is nothing that's impossible with our God. There's nothing. There's nothing. What you read in the scriptures, God can still do those things today if you trust him. There is no reason to fear. There is no reason to pray against witches and all of that. They have no power. Just believe the Bible and see what God will do for you. You know, all of these things I'm sharing with you, I was just a few months old as a Christian then. Just a few months old. It's what you know. It's what you know from the Bible. God is for you. God wants to bless you. Why don't you believe that? Nothing is impossible with him. Amen? Just do what is right by God and watch him take care of you. Forget the enemy. Do what he recommended concerning your enemies. Pray for them. There's a profit for that. Amen? Do good to them. Bless them. Don't ever curse them. Don't ever curse them. Amen? All heads bowed. I would like to introduce you to this Lord of mine, Jesus of Nazareth. If you don't know him as your Lord. I made that decision in 1975, we have to have him be the Lord of our lives so he can protect you. You're here this morning and you're saying, look, I would like God to be mighty in my life. I would like to be without fear because God is with me. If that's you and you need Jesus into your heart, there's nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be ashamed of. Can I see your hand up? up quickly up put your hand up quickly put your hand up thank you thank you put your hand up and let god be the god of your life thank you stand up with me this morning <laughs> one thing about this thing that we are in Everything that I shared with you came so natural. I didn't even understand God miracle was taking place. We live in the natural world, okay? And we need to believe God who does the supernatural. You are, even if your situation is bad today, God will make it good tomorrow. Amen? That's my prayer for you. Do what is right. Pray for those who hurt you. If you have an enemy, somebody that's hurt you, this morning, I want you to say before God, 
God, I'm going to let go. They are hindering your blessing. You don't need that. Tell God, I'm letting go of those people. I bless them in your name. I bless them in your name. And it, because they are in a place where the blessing cannot get to them, your blessing is going to come back to you. Multiply. Lift your hands up to the Lord this morning. And thank him that you belong to him. Tell him that you trust in him. And he's going to take you out of that pit. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. He prepares the table before you in the presence of your enemies. That's if you treat your enemies right. Then they can watch you. Enjoy life. Because God is with you. As a servant of the Lord God, I speak his peace upon your life today. I remove and come against every spirit of oppression that's come against your life. I come against it this morning in the name of Jesus. I come against the financial oppression. In the name of Jesus, I command it to leave. And I command in the name of our God, blessings to come upon your life. Peace that passes understanding to come upon your life. Goodness and mercy to follow you all the days of your life. Not some days of your life, all the days of your life. According to the word of God that cannot fail. I need you to believe God with me today. Tell God. I want you to say with me. Life. Say it with me. Life is going to be better. From this very day. Say it like you mean it. Life is going to be better. From this very day. God bless you. You're dismissed.